It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. It is a crossover Thursday edition. Good to have you aboard with us. I'm Chris Russell, and this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, guys. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who watch uh, play the game <laughs> because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it like you and me, Pepsi made for football watching, go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. All right, coming up on this episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, we'll hook up with our friend and colleague Patricia Trander. She covers the New York Giants like a glove on the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Just a couple of quick news and notes for you before we turn it over to myself and Patricia. In fairness, we recorded it on Tuesday night. Uh, This is the fresh information that we didn't have at that point. Uh, Brandon Sheriff did return to practice on a limited basis on Wednesday, but it looks positive. It looks positive that he'll be able to play on Sunday against the New York Giants as well. Kyle Allen also returned to practice and practiced in full. Chase Roulier did not practice, nor did Greg Stroman. Uh, also, Antonio Gibson limited with a toe injury. So that's uh, not exactly great, considering that he is a big part of their offense. Terry McLaurin, who's missed the last couple of practices on Wednesday, was a full go. So that was a positive sign for Washington. All right, so that's your injury report. Also, Washington made an acquisition. Remember they lost Jordan Brailford the other day? Well, now they have claimed Casey Tuhill off of waivers from Philadelphia, a seventh-round defensive end out of Stanford. In this year's draft, so they basically exchanged defensive ends and one year apart. Remember, Jordan Brailford, claimed by Minnesota, was taken in 2019 in the seventh round. Casey Tuhill is a seventh rounder in 2020. Very athletic young man, according to some of the testing measurements uh, and all that. All right, so that's the news for you. Uh, on this crossover Thursday, Patricia Trena and myself next. We get into it. Giants and the Washington football team 
Nothing says football like 0-5 versus 1-5, baby, on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell with you, and thanks to our lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents. Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of 1%. All right, I added a couple of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL... They and you can join another league. That's right, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, I watch in a press box, and I always have a Diet Pepsi with me. Why? Because A, I need caffeine. B, I love Diet Pepsi. I always have. It's always been better than the other leading brand, if you smell what the rooster here is cooking. Uh, But I just kill Diet Pepsis on game day. You need it when you cover the football team that I cover. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest watching content of football. Football from Pepsi. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, it is Chris Russell with you on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Right out to my colleague, Patricia Trena and myself as we talk Washington football and the New York Giants. Part one right here. It's a new era. Ron Rivera is in charge. And Chris, I think we've got to start with the quarterback news. We've got to start with the news about Dwayne Haskins bench for Kyle Allen. Um, let, so let's start there. I mean, are you surprised that that Ron Rivera has given up basically on, on Dwayne Haskins this quickly? Um I I was surprised that it did not last more than four games, Patricia. I was not surprised at the end result. Uh, I never thought that Dwayne was Ron's guy. Uh, I pretty much thought that from the word go and from when he first got here, knowing some of the politics involved in that selection, let's put it that way, uh, and some of the um, the behind-the-scenes thought process. So I never thought that was going to be a long-term marriage. Unless Dwayne came in and did everything right and did a great job and really improved, and he did a lot of things right over the offseason. He worked hard. Uh, It was a lot of Instagram videos, but that was the only way we could keep track of him and the the only way they could keep track of him because, you know, as we all know, he wasn't allowed in the building. And when, you know, I always knew the true test would be when he got into the building on an everyday basis, would they like what they see? Uh, And that's not only on the practice field, not only in the meeting room, but that's just in general body language in the locker room, in meetings, all of that stuff. And there was, you know, 
there was some positive and, and there was plenty of positives. Uh, and, and everybody was kind of like, okay, well, maybe Dwayne's finally changed, you know, from an immature kid that didn't work hard. And that was the knock against him last year. Um, and maybe things have changed and they did change for a little while, but then as the mistakes piled up, as the games went from one to two to three to four, you know, Ron looked around and said, he's not correcting the mistakes that we're teaching him. He's not working hard enough. And his agent threw out a, a completely unnecessary bomb that he may have had something to do with. And Ron was like, you know what? It's more than just four games. It's 11 weeks that he's been my starting quarterback, essentially, and I've had a chance to evaluate him for more than four games, plus whatever he knew and thought of him last year. And, you know, you combine all that, and that's where we get Dwayne Haskins as the number three. All right, so Haskins number three, but I believe Kyle Allen, who was promoted to number one, suffered an injury, and, you know, let's start there. What is his status um, that you know of as we record this and right. just, you know, as a, as a precursor, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. So obviously right. the injury reports haven't come out, but what have you heard so far? Yeah. So he's expected to start. The only way he's not going to start is if he's unable to practice fully, um, this week and, you know, maybe, 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 maybe where he can be like limited on Wednesday and full on Thursday and Friday, then he'll start provided that he has no setbacks. It's a, it's an injury to his shoulder. Jalen Ramsey, who giants fans know uh, from starting that nonsense with golden Tate last week, um, hit him hard, really hard on the shoulder as he was going out of bounds. And as he was going down, uh, it was, you know, not, I mean, it it was not a good hit. You know, um, but it knocked him out. But then he was, and it was at the two minute warning of the first half. But then Patricia, he was cleared to return for the second half. And at one point, he's throwing the football without his helmet on in front of me at the start of the second half. So I'm like, oh, is he going back? And then Alex Smith puts on his helmet and starts throwing. And then Ron Rivera explained it after the game. And again on Monday, hey, I didn't want Kyle Allen to take another shot. Okay, I understand that. Um, nobody wants anybody to take a shot. So he put the quarterback that's coming back from 17 surgeries out there to take all the shots while the quarterback that took one shot <laughs> and who was cleared, uh, he didn't want to put him in against Aaron Donald and the Rams. So it was kind of a weird situation, but Ron made it very, very clear that as long as as long as long Kyle Allen is, is healthy enough to practice uh, and therefore healthy enough to play, that he will be the starter. Yeah, and what a tremendous comeback story for Alex Smith. I mean, I don't know anybody who's not rooting for him. I mean, great story. And I know he took a shot as well in that game and bounced back up. But, oh, my goodness, I I can just imagine the emotion seeing him come back after all he's gone through. Yeah, um, you know, I I wasn't at the game that he got injured uh, because I was in the studio and – yeah, I, I I remember that day well, and um, you know I, I I would say this, um, you know to see and to know everything that he's been through, like you said, to see him trot out there on on Sunday, you know I'm gonna I'm kind of an emotional teddy bear type of guy, you know, like when teams lift the Stanley Cup, you know I love hockey. When teams lift the Stanley Cup, I get a tear in my eye, right? That's just me. So I, I'll be honest, I had a tear in. 
my eye in the press box the other day, knowing what that guy has been through and knowing what his family, his wife has been through and knowing how close he was to dying, quite honestly, to see him trot out there. It didn't matter to me how he played or or what he played. I don't think they did a good job helping him in any way, shape or form. Patricia, I was stunned by the game plan uh, that they executed. And of course, they didn't have a game plan for him because he was the backup. He didn't take any of the number one reps. But anyway, I just it was just an incredible, incredible scene and moment. And I'm so happy for him uh, and again, his family that they actually got to see that. And, and, and who knows, you know, I, I mean, Alex is, is I think Alex is going to start at some point this year. It's just a matter of when. Indeed. Now let's uh, switch over to some of the uh, developments on offense. Tell us about Antonio Gibson. So Antonio Gibson, third round rookie out of Memphis, is going to be the best running back that Giants fans are going to see on the Washington roster. Um Definitely since Alfred Morris's heyday in prime 2012, 2011, uh, I would argue that he's way better than Alfred Morris. And, and I would say best since Clinton Portis. Um, now he's still raw. He's still young. He's still learning because he only had like 35 carries at Memphis. He was used more as a receiver and as a wide receiver, as opposed to a running back receiver. Um, so he's still developing his running tracks and, as he says, learning how to go north instead of always trying to kind of go east-west or bounce out. But here's the one thing that stands out to me about Antonio Gibson. If you try and arm tackle him, he's going to break it. He's going to run you over. He's going to break past and through. So you better not just arm tackle him in the upper body because he's 228 pounds and he's really fast. So that's going to be a challenge for the Giants. Um Again, I would say this. He's still raw. He's still got a ways to go. But every game, you, with the exception of last Sunday, you didn't see it a whole lot last Sunday. Again, I disagree with the game plan. But every game, for the most part, you see just that light going on a little bit more. And again, he breaks tackles and he bounces away from traffic. And that's something, again, Giants defenders are going to have to be keenly aware of on Sunday that you you don't have him bottled up when you think you have him bottled up. He'll be able to bounce out and squirm out and then explode once he gets a little bit of daylight. Now, over on the receiving end, they have Terry McLaurin, obviously. I think he is the the receiving leader, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Who's behind him? I mean, do they, they finally have a, a full complement of receivers or no. are they still trying to figure it out? <laughs> Yeah, still trying to figure it out because, you know, the guy that stepped up last year as a rookie, as an undrafted rookie, really from the slot, Steven Sims, uh, he's been banged up the last game and a half, and now he's on IR, so he's going to be out for this week. They lost Kelvin Harmon, another receiver that they drafted last year as a rookie, and really developed nicely in the second half of the year uh, and played well in that giant win at FedEx Field last December. Uh, and they brought in, of course, Cody Latimer, who Giants fans may remember, and he got himself arrested on five criminal charges, three felonies, and then got cut. So uh, they're a mess at wide receiver outside of Terry McLaurin. Uh, Dontrell Inman had a couple of touchdowns against Cleveland a couple of weeks ago, but he's he's just a guy. He's just a journeyman. Um, they don't have a great tight end option. Logan Thomas has a bunch of catches, but he, he doesn't separate well. Um, they don't have great tight ends. They don't have great receivers outside of Terry McLaurin. 
they are very short throw the ball to a lot of wide receiver screens, hitches, slip screens, um, you know, maybe some quick slants. They want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands at least the last couple of games because the offensive line doesn't hold up and because they don't trust the quarterback in a lot of cases. So I think the Giants would be best served at least until they get creased of playing tight to the line of scrimmage and kind of getting in the faces of the wide receivers, maybe outside of McLaurin a little bit, Patricia, so that they can take away that little space and make Washington beat them off the line of scrimmage. And then finally on offense, I have to ask you about that offensive line. I know Trent Williams traded. Um, I think you've had some injuries on that line. What's the status of that unit? Yeah, it's not good. Um, Brandon Sheriff is eligible to come back this week at right guard. We don't know if he's going to be there or not. It just depends on how he makes it through the practice week. My guess would be that he might need another week, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, Morgan Moses is solid at right tackle. Wes Schweitzer, a guy they signed from Atlanta, has been pretty good replacing Sheriff. Um, but Wes Martin, the left guard, has been awful. Chase Roulier, the center, has been up and down. Jaron Christian, the left tackle, who replaced Trent Williams, has been a little bit up and down. Uh, they have not gotten any contribution from their fourth-round rookie pick, Sadiq Charles, out of LSU. Um, and, and really, you know, um, it, it, the left guard situation has been the worst part of the mix. Um, now, it doesn't help when you go against Aaron Donald, but it was bad before that, and it was re- made really bad, um, you know, last Sunday. So that's an area certainly that unless Sheriff comes back and they switch the current right guard, Schweitzer, over to left guard, left guard on the Washington offensive line is an area that the Giants are absolutely going to be able uh, to exploit. So, yeah, it's 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 a work in progress is the nicest way I could say it. I guess the most realistic way I could say it is it's a mess. Folks, you are listening to Locked On Giants, Patricia Trena, and my special guest is uh, Chris Russell. He is the host of Locked On Washington Football. And Chris, we've got to talk a little bit about the defense before we flip the switch and talk Giants here on this crossover show. What can you tell us about the state of, of the, the Washington defense? I think they've had some injuries as well. Yeah, they've been a major disappointment. There's no other way to say it. Uh, Chase Young just came back last week, the number two overall pick, Patricia, after he missed a game and a half. Matt Ioannidis, who's been their best pocket pusher and best pass rusher over the last two years, he's out for the year. He's been gone since early in week three, so that certainly hurt. Uh, But they, quite honestly, they're healthy everywhere else. They're just not very good. Their back seven in pass coverage has been absolutely awful, and this is going to make Giants fans – um, I hate to say it, Pat, Dave Gettleman on the back. Um, I, I, now I, look, I'm not a bit as big of a critic of Dave Gettleman as others are. Uh, but da- I thought Dave Gettleman quite honestly was right when he played a little hardball with, with Landon Collins. I, I, I remember talking to you about it at that point. I remember thinking the, the Washington team is spending way, 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 way too much money on a guy who struggled in coverage at Alabama, who struggled in coverage at times with the Giants. And they spent the boatload of money, and he was okay last year. He was fine. Uh, not great, not good, not an impact player. Patricia, he's been really bad this year. There's no other way to say it. Got beat for a long touchdown um, last Sunday, and Ron Rivera basically, you know, 
transparently said it was his fault. I mean, he busted the coverage and he's missed a bunch of tackles. I think more tackles already missed this year than he had all of last year. It has been a really rough start for former giant Landon Collins. And that's been the biggest problem is the back seven, the back eight of this defense outside of Kendall Fuller, who returns to Washington after two years in Kansas City. And he, of course, was part of the Alex Smith trade. Outside of Kendall Fuller, he's got three picks in the last two games and has really kind of solidified his role. You know, Ronald Darby, former Philadelphia corner, Troy Apke, who may or may not even start this week at free safety. He's been bad. I mentioned Landon. Their linebackers in coverage, Kevin Pierre-Lewis and John Bostic, have really struggled in coverage. So uh, they've got to figure this out because there's been wide open zones wide open holes for tight ends and for receivers with any kind of speed to exploit. Final question for you, Chris. If you're the Giants, what on on the Washington football team concerns you the most? Um, So I would say, you know, to me, I would say if, if McLaurin can obviously win off the line of scrimmage and if they can hit him in stride on a on a go route up the sideline or on a deep post, certainly that is an area that I think Washington can have some success with. Will they be able to? I, I don't know. But I, I would also I would say on paper that the number one area that I would be concerned with the most is they'll flip Montez Sweat, another former first round pick last year and Chase Young on the left and right defensive end side and going against rookie Andrew Thomas and going against Cameron Fleming and whoever else they have out there uh, would be an area where I would be like, okay, you've got to make sure you've get that area tightened up uh, or it's going to be a long Sunday for the New York Giants and Daniel Jones on offense. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Chase Young, and that's certainly a matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing with uh, Andrew Thomas. I know Chase Young had a, had a little bit of a, I think it was a hamstring or something like that, but um, no yeah, way a, I think he groin, missed right. Oh, groin, okay. Yeah, yeah no missed, way. He, he missed a game and a half, but he came back last week and he wasn't dominant by any means last week made a you know a couple of plays but he's really really good against the run and really good chasing down screens his pass rushing ironically enough has been the thing that you know I haven't noticed as much even though he's got a couple of sacks on the year he's really good all around Well, it's going to be a good one, I'm sure. And uh, Chris, we are going to take a break. And when we come back on this crossover show, Giants-Washington football team, uh, we're going to flip the switch. And Chris is going to ask me about the New York Giants. So folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. It is Chris Russell here for our friends at rockauto.com. That's right. We've been telling you about rockauto.com for months. And if you're not listening, darn it, you should be. Because here's the thing. If you need a major part, a minor part, foreign or domestic, car or truck, whatever you need, I guarantee to you rockauto.com is going to be able to get it to you and get it to you at a good price and it's going to be easy right why get up uh, off your keister and have to go to the auto parts superstore where they're going to charge you more and they're going to charge you a marked up price right because employees aren't free help isn't free rent isn't free and all the auto parts and building the place out isn't free well 
rockauto.com isn't free either, but they're going to give you the prices that you want and that are fair and are reasonable. Why? Because they don't have the big overhead that those big auto part superstores have. And they're not going to treat you any differently than their mechanic friend down the street that they're going to give a discount to. Why? Because they buy in volume. Nope. They're going to charge you exactly the same as the mechanic down the street. Why? Because rockauto.com wants to take care of you. Their prices are reliably low, the same for professionals and or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and now and see the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, wrapping up the Locked On Washington football team podcast on this crossover Thursday. Back to Patricia Trena and myself as we talk about the week six NFL matchup between the 0-5 New York Giants and the 1-4 Washington football team. All right, Patricia, as always, great to have you with us. Let's start, uh, you know, for an 0-5 football team from the Giants, big picture, uh, and what I've been able to see. I don't know if you agree or disagree with this. It doesn't seem like they're an, a typical 0-5 team with no clue. They're playing, from what I can see, pretty damn hard for Joe Judge. They're just coming up empty. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Chris, because I wrote an article over at the uh, Giants Maven, actually Giants Country, and I made that same observation. The last two games the Giants have played, if it wasn't for a mistake here, a, a bad bounce there, this team easily could have been two and three. Now, I know, you know, I, I have a saying, I always say, woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't, and it applies here. But you're absolutely right. You know, you look at what's happening with the Falcons. You look at the Jets more, more, you know, who are closer to home. The Giants are not quite, you know, they're 0-5 like the Jets, but the Jets are getting blown out by at least two scores. They're not fighting, it looks like, for their head coach, Adam Gase. The Giants, you know, save for that that game against the, uh, the the 49ers B team when they got their you know the doors blown off their their truck there, uh, the Giants really haven't been out hustled if you think about it except for that game. I mean, they've kept everything close. They've let things slip away. I mean, you can even go back and you can say that they, they came up maybe one or two plays short of winning the week two game against Chicago. So you're absolutely right. right. This is a team that, you know, just – it's 0-5, and, and you are what, what uh, your record says you are, but you know what? It's They've been playing a lot better, and, and you wonder what if the ball had bounced this way or that way, what it would have been. Yeah, which is why I, I think the anybody here in Washington is uh, ridiculous if they're just basically counting this as a win. There's no chance that this is a guaranteed win. And as a matter of fact, I totally agree with the line spread for whatever that's worth. Uh, and I, you know, 
early in the week, I would lean towards the New York Giants, and I'm not sure if I, if there's going to be anything that's going to uh, change my mind, quite honestly. Um, let's start with the quarterback. How would you evaluate uh, Daniel Jones in this his second year now? And I know losing Saquon Barkley is obviously an enormous, enormous blow, but how has he uh, you know, kind of dealt with everything? Yeah, you know, Daniel Jones um... – very interesting young man. I mean, they took him, they saw, I think they saw a lot of Eli Manning in him, but, you know, at the same time, they saw a different type of quarterback, a guy who could make plays with his legs. Now, Daniel Jones is a, is a hard worker. He's a quick study. You know, he's on his, if you think about it, just, this is his third different offense since he came out of Duke. Um, this is a much different offense than I think what he ran at Duke and his first year with the Giants combined, uh, doesn't have Saquon Barkley, doesn't really have a, a legitimate number one receiver, if you think about it. He has an inconsistent tight end. He's got an offensive line that's been inconsistent. So a lot of things stacked up against him. Now, with that said, the one thing that continues to carry over with Daniel Jones is the fact that you know, you look at the, the mental processing part of his game. He's, you know, he, sometimes he's holding on to the ball a little too long uh, or longer than he needs to. Sometimes he's not reading the entire field. Like I, I look at the film and I can see plays where he had receivers wide open on one side of the field, but because he's doing a half field read, you know, he does, he never bothers to look at the other side. Now, whether that's intentional or just because he feels there's footsteps, I don't know. Um, you also look at the fact that that this year he's starting to drift back more into the pocket than maybe he was doing last year. And that's because there's been some question about his pocket presence. So still a lot of work to be done there. And I, I don't know that it's going to be fair to judge him after five games. I think you've got to give him the entire year, see what you have in this young man and see if he makes progress because much like the team, you know, he, he's, you can't give up on, on the talent just yet. Right. Um, you know, clearly here in Washington, they did uh, now different circumstances. Again, even though Joe judge did not, uh, choose Daniel Jones. Dave Gettleman did, right? And so it's a different, very different situation uh, in a lot of ways between the two quarterback uh, situations. And I know Colt McCoy, old, uh, old, the former Washington football team quarterback, is his backup. So that'll be interesting uh, to see if uh, something happens along those lines. Let's go big picture on the offense. Of course, again, mentioned Saquon tearing up the ACL in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, and that's a dagger uh, of a blow. But Devontae Freeman has come in. Uh, you have Gallman. You have Deion Lewis, who's bounced around to a couple of teams. Um, is this team capable, do you think, of hurting a team on the ground, or do they just have to kind of make a match and depend on getting, you know, big plays out of Slayton and Tate uh in the in the passing game and hope that, you know, maybe somewhere along the line you miss a tackle, take a bad angle if they're really going to get a lot of production on the run game? Well, I think, you know, Joe Judge when he first was hired always said that the game plan is going to change every week. And it's interesting because when I was doing fantasy football podcasts and guest appearances, people were asking me, you know, should we put take, you know, Saquon Barkley on our team? Should we put Darius Slayton on our team? And I said, you might want to think twice about it. And that's not a knock against Barkley's talents or, or 
Slayton's talents or anyone's, but it was more or less, you know, judge saying that they were going to change up the game plan every week, that maybe one week Saquon would be featured. Maybe another week it would be Evan Ingram. Maybe another week it would be Slayton. And that's what we've seen so far. I mean, it's been a different guy. And, you know, it's a matter of, you know, is judge and, and offensive coordinator Jason Garrett sticking with a hot hand, which they did last week. In this case, it was Darius Slayton. Or are they just kind of sticking more with the game plan and how that dictates who gets the ball? So I just think it's it's been a very interesting and, and hard to predict, for that matter, scenario with that offense. Patricia Trana, Locked On Giants host, is with us right here on a crossover edition as we break down the Week 6 contest between the New York Giants at 0-5 and the Washington football team at 1-4. and um, So we mentioned you know, some of the receivers. Tight end is an area that Washington can absolutely still be raked over the coals with. Uh, we saw it with Gerald Everett of the Rams. We've seen it with the Philadelphia tight ends, saw it with the Cleveland tight ends. It's been a problem for years. It's not any better. Um, do you think this is an area that the Giants can exploit? I know you said there are certainly some questions at tight end, but do you think uh, against a really bad defense covering tight ends that this is an area that's key for the uh, for, key for Big Blue? Well, that all depends on how Evan Ingram is going to be deployed. Now, I'll be honest with you. I would have expected him to see a lot less inline blocking opportunities, um, which were never quite his strength. I would have expected to see him lined up more in, in the slot or out wide or running more seam patterns than he has. I'm not really sure what they're asking him to do or what they think he does best. So I'm a little perplexed, to be honest with you. With that said, I do think Evan Ingram has the talent to blow the doors off, you know, the, the uh, defense. Um, it's just a matter of how he's deployed. Now, Ingram also got off to a slow start where he, he was dropping passes or making mental, um, you know, errors and whatnot. But uh, just just an unusual thing. But to answer your question, I think, you know, the Giants coaches, what they have tried to do is they've tried to get ideal matchups. And, you know, I, I would not be surprised if Evan Ingram is featured in the, the offensive game plan next weekend. What about this offensive line? First round pick, Andrew Thomas. Um, you know, they bring in Zeitler uh, last year from Cleveland. Um, you know, there's still some questions. Uh, I, I think in general, and maybe that's light. I would describe Washington's offensive line as spotty. How would you describe the New York Giants offensive line? Inconsistent, I would say. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they have – actually, let me back up a little bit. Yes, they've been inconsistent, but I've been saying from day one, this rebuild is not complete. And when I say that, you know, they, they have um, – Cam Fleming at right tackle, he's not the long-term answer. The long-term answer is Matt Pert, and they've been getting him, you know, snaps here and there these last couple of weeks, but he's eventually going to be the long-term answer. I think at right guard, Kevin Zeitler has had some ups and downs, a little bit more than, than uh, you know, than usual. And I think, you know, ultimately they maybe would like to see Shane Lemieux step in there, their fifth-round pick. Nick Gates is learning on the job, you know, which, which quite frankly surprised me that they stuck him in there, to be honest with you.
because, uh, you know, you have a, a second year quarterback in there and, you know, you, you think mm-hmm. you want a, an experienced guy in there, but, you know, they've made the decision. Um, Will Hernandez struggling. I don't know what's up with him, but I have yet to see that young man pick up a stunt successfully, although hmm. it is good that they've been able to, to get him out and pull. And then, of course, you have Andrew Thomas, the rookie who has been inconsistent. So I think on the whole, the inexperience and the fact that they've been inconsistent has been a problem. But you know what? Mark Colombo is a really good offensive line coach. He's a former offensive lineman in the NFL, and uh, he's not afraid to call it as it is. I mean, today he was on a conference call with the New York media, was very, you know, straightforward about what what the issues are and, you know, said, I have to do a better job writing these guys and getting them, you know, to correct their flaws. And I, I think he'll get them straightened out. But, you know, as he points out, it's it's going to take reps. And, you know, they didn't have an off season right. to, to work on this. You know, they had so many reps available in the preseason, um, didn't have any preseason games against opponents. So you couldn't really tell, oh, is the offensive line improved or is the defense just look better? You know, you couldn't tell, you know, it was a case of which came first, the chicken or the egg. So, yeah, that's where I think the offensive line is. But um, we'll see what what he pulls off in the second uh, quarter of the season. Uh, Patricia, just before we get to the defense real quickly uh, for for the New York Giants, I did want to ask you, as we're recording this, uh, there's word that Le'Veon Bell was released from the New York Jets tonight um, on Tuesday night, as again, we record this. And with Saquon out for the year, do you think there's any chance that the Giants might be interested uh, in that? I know that's just purely a guess at this point, but do you think there would be any chance that they would be interested in somebody like that because of his dual skill set? I don't think so. Okay. I, I would be surprised. I mean, it all it always comes down to money, but but right now, if I'm the Giants, I'm more concerned about how am I going to replace Lorenzo Carter, the strong side linebacker, than I am about bringing in a, a running back. You know, they signed uh, Devonta Freeman, who you know is is a Pro Bowler as well. Sure. You know, it, I I think they're happy with him. Um, you know, they're hoping to get obviously Saquon Barkley back next year. Uh, I don't know what kind of money Le'Veon Bell would be looking for, but I can't imagine he would take a veteran minimum. And I just don't see the Giants making that move. All right. You speak, uh, spinning to the defense, you mentioned Lorenzo Carter. He's now out for the year. That's a really tough blow because I know he was a big part of their pass rush. You have Marcus Golden. You have a pretty talented defensive line, right? With Dexter Lawrence. And I know Leonard Williams, that was a whole weird deal last year. And yet he's still around, uh, I believe, under the franchise tag. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. The strength of this defense, yes, is... is is up front and, and and they could get I know losing Carter is a big loss but they can get after the quarterback right Yeah they have and that's been one of the pleasant surprises actually you know Patrick Graham when he first started talking to the media said hey we're going to be multiple we're going to you know use the scheme to generate the pass rush and I remember sitting there and saying uh here we go again I've heard this story before and you know we heard it you know each year that James Betcher was here and we never saw it. And to his credit, Pat Graham is getting it done. 
You know, I, I had doubts about him. I'm not going to lie, you know, especially after coming from Miami. But, you know, then you, you take a closer look at what he did in his one year in Miami, how he got that defense to start to play better towards the end of the season. And you say, OK, maybe the, the man does have a few ideas and give him credit, man. He's he's, uh, you know, even with a defensive secondary that's been kind of a mess, that defense hasn't played that badly. Uh, Patricia Trana is the host of the Locked on Giants podcast. Of course, this is a crossover edition. I'm Chris Russell, the host of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Patricia, before we end this, uh, I'm a big special teams guy. I got to cover Graham Gano for a couple of years uh, here, and, and and we've maintained a relationship, and I'm, I'm so happy for him that he got his 1,000th point uh, in the NFL recently, and I know he's been pretty good for uh, Big Blue. How would you describe the rest of the uh, Giants on special teams and is that a strength of their football club oh no question no question i mean special teams was a a strength of the giants football club last year with thomas mcgahey who i think is one of the most underrated coordinators in the nfl i really do um the man just you know some of the things he does with that unit it's just you sit there and you go wow and I remember talking to some guys last year about the schemes and the stuff that McGahey runs. And I said, what, what's the key? What, what's different? And they said, he just keeps it simple. He keeps it real. You know, he doesn't get fancy. He doesn't try to um, outsmart the other guy. It's, it's just like, okay, you know what, guys? This is what I need you to do. This is how I think we're going to be able to attack the weaknesses on the other team. Let's just go out, do it, and let's have fun. Right. And the players like that. They like that approach. So, you know, they upgraded, obviously, kicker, um, bringing in Graham Gano after um, releasing Aldrich Rosas, who was dealing with some legal issues. I think he still is. I don't know where he's at with that. But the other thing with Aldrich Rosas is that despite the fact he had a strong leg, every single one of his kicks became an adventure. Yeah. With Gano, now you can sit back and say, okay, I don't have to worry about this guy missing it. Everything is stress-free. I mean, Sunday's game against Dallas, he nailed three field goals of 50 or more yards. The first He's always Giants, had a booming leg. I yeah, the first Giants kicker in yeah. Super Bowl era to do that, which yeah. is pretty amazing if you think about it. Um, and, and what's also amazing is you go back to what Joe Judge said about bringing him in. You know, at the time, Judge said, look, Ideally, you want to bring in a kicker who's in his 30s. And I remember asking him why he wanted to do that. You know, why not go with a younger leg who's going to be there for, for you know, potentially 10, 20, 15 years, however long, you know, you can resign him for. And Judge made a good point. He said, look, you know, by the time they're 30s, they've grown up. They know what works, what doesn't work. They know how to take care of their bodies. They understand, you know, the wind and the elements and the angles and all this stuff that you and I probably take for granted. Uh, kicking really is a science. And, and, you know, judge, you know, that's one of the reasons why he preferred a an older kicker, a more experienced kicker. And, you know, how great is it that Gano, who missed all last season with an injury, came back and he looks like, literally as good as new. Yeah, it's great. And obviously the Gettleman connection and he'll take on his former head coach this week in Ron Rivera as they were all together uh, in Carolina. Patricia, I could talk to you and ask more questions, but unfortunately we are, I'm sure way past on time, but it's always great to catch up with you. Always great to pick your brain and get your insight. Um, 
you know, I wish that the records for these two teams would be better, but I think it'll be a pretty competitive football game uh, and ultimately probably down to the wire Sunday at MetLife Stadium. But it's always great to catch up with you for these crossover editions. And I know we'll be doing some other stuff later on in the week for SI, uh, but uh, always good to talk to you and, and thank you for uh, your insight. Always a pleasure. And I want to thank your listeners and my listeners as always for tuning in and, uh, It should be a good one, as you said, on Sunday. And that's going to do it for us right here on this Crossover Thursday edition. No, a little bit longer than ideal. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading and listening. Make sure you follow Patricia and the Locked on Giants podcast. Check us out on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Me on Twitter at Russellmania621, the podcast at LockedWFT. Pod. Check out our Google News Initiative, one in five minute daily reports in any episode so far this week. Another episode before the week is out right here on the Lockdown Washington Football Team Podcast. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.